And I pray today that the Lord will touch your life in a blessed new way. Thank you for joining me today, and thank you for being my wonderful family, God's wonderful family. And to Jesus, and I mean that, to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. Today I want to talk to you about recognizing the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives continually. Because you know, it is His presence, it is His power that keeps us alive and strong and peaceful in this life, in the Lord. Because without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there would be complete chaos in our lives. And so I want to take you to Genesis chapter 1 and show you something really beautiful because you may be going through some chaotic moment or chaotic situation in your life. It is the Holy Spirit who brings perfection to chaos. It is His presence and power that brings peace when there is confusion, healing when there is pain, comfort when there is trouble. So, Lord, we come to you today and we ask that this teaching be a blessing to everyone. Lord, I pray today that whatever your people are going through or will go through, that they'll recognize there is a wonderful person among us. Your precious Holy Spirit we can count on, who will never leave us or forsake us. For you said he will be in us always. We give you the praise. Where would my life be, where would your life be if the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit was not a reality? So let's ask the question before I go to Genesis 1. What would have happened to the church had the Holy Spirit not come? Well, the simple answer is there would be no church. The church would have not uh, remained on earth. There, there would be no power then, you see, to keep the church alive. Because without the Holy Spirit, Jesus could not be real in our lives. Remember what he said to us? It is more expedient for you that I go away. Because when I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send the Comforter. Ye will not be left as orphans. I will come to you. The one who is with you shall be in you. Think about the comfort the apostles received when they, heard, when they heard those words. I shall be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you without comfort. I will send the Holy Spirit to be in you forever. And so when there is chaos in our lives, we ask the Holy Spirit to take over and bring beauty out of that chaos. The Bible says in Genesis 1-2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Can you imagine the chaotic uh, situation that existed? The earth was without form and void, emptiness, no form. Darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. 
and God said, let there be light. It is remarkable that it is the Holy Spirit in Genesis, uh, sorry, in Job also, 26, in Genesis and in Job, we see this beautiful picture. It says in verse 13, by his spirit he hath garnished the heavens. How beautiful. Or adorned, that word garnished means he adorned the heavens. The Holy Spirit brought beauty to a chaotic uh, earth. Beauty to creation that had been destroyed because of, of Lucifer's fall. In, in Isaiah 14, we see that fall when the earth was at that moment destroyed. And then many billions of years later, most likely, is when we see this picture in Genesis 1, verse 2. Because when you read the, the book of Genesis, verse 1 and verse 2, are, are uh, you see different pictures. In verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that's a perfect act and a perfect work because it says in the Bible, in Deuteronomy 32, and in many parts of the Word of God, that whatever God does is perfect. So God could not have created a, an earth that was so without form and empty and dark and so on. So that something had to happen between verse 1 and verse 2. I've always said that and believed it. I still do. And so that was when Lucifer fell from heaven. And that's what caused uh, the earth to be destroyed like that. Now the Holy Spirit comes and moves upon the face of waters. The waters were already there. In other words, there was an earth there. There was a planet there. And it was frozen in space because the sun was not shining and the stars were sealed and the sun was sealed. In Job, we see how the, how, how the Lord restored the sun and so on, and the moon and the, and the stars. But now, the Word of God also tells us in Genesis the same thing. That's why we hear, let there be light. Let there be light. That word let is a word of permission, not a word of creation. The Hebrew says, be light. Yehi or be light. So as the light shone, it shone because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And now that chaos suddenly became uh, perfection. And this is what happens when we call upon the Holy Spirit to come and turn our chaos into beauty and peace and joy and righteousness in him. So let's understand his work. His work is, he is the one who manifests the will of God in our lives. When you read um, 1 Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians. You know, I think it's good every so often to be reminded that without the Holy Spirit, we would, we would fall apart. There would be no Christian life, you know. So in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 4, it says, there are diversities of, of gifts by the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations by the same Lord. There are diversities of operations by the same God, which worketh all in all. And then it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to every man to profit with all. And from this portion of the word, and I've said this many times, we see that the Father is responsible for operations. Everything that happens comes of the Father. So he's the one who said, let there be light. <clears throat> it was his idea to save humanity. It was his idea uh, to send his son and so on to the earth. But when, when you see the work of the son, uh, we, we see that his responsibilities are administration or the doing of the operation. So God operates, the father operates, the son administrates or does. Jesus said, I came to do, I came to do the will of my father. And the book of Acts begins with Jesus began to do and then to teach. So Jesus is the doer in the Godhead. He's the one who does what God declares must be done or what the will of God is. So Jesus is the will of God in action. He's the doer of the will of God. The Holy Spirit is, is the one who manifests that action and that doing in our lives. So that's why it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who manifests the operation, who manifests the doing or administration in our lives. So it is God the Father who, for example, says, let there be light. Now, it's Jesus who turns the light switch on, if I can say it. It's the Holy Spirit who brings the power. He's the generator. <laughs> Of, of the Trinity. He's the power of the Trinity. Yeah, and I've said this so many times. It's no different than if, if I said to someone, turn the light on, he would go looking for a switch to turn the switch on, to turn the engine on, or the whatever has to be turned on, like a generator. But it's the generator that brings the light, so, and so on. God, the Holy Spirit, is the power of the Trinity. He's the power of the Godhead. He's the power in your life. He's the power in my life. He's the power of our faith and walk in God. So let's always remember, without His power, there is no manifestation in, in our lives. So the Father uh, sent His Son. So for God so loved the world, He sent His Son. He is the one who said, Son, will you go? Will you become the sacrifice for humanity. It is Jesus who came and died on the cross. It is Jesus who did uh, the will of God. He is the doer of the will of God. He fulfilled the will of God. But it's the Holy Spirit who brought that salvation into our hearts. So without the Holy Spirit, we would not know that salvation. We would not even know that uh, Jesus died and rose again there would be no faith for it in our hearts. It would just be a story. And that story would, you know, soon die after that. But because of the Holy Spirit, it's no longer a story. It is life and reality. So, you know, uh, tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. And I love that song. But it's not about a story. It's about a revelation. Christianity is a revelation. And the Holy Spirit is the revealer of the revelation. So the life we have in Jesus is a revelation. And the Holy Spirit is the revealer of that revelation we call the Christian life. Now, uh, let's also look at something else. The Holy Spirit 
is the first manifestation of God mentioned in the Bible. So the Word of God says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved. So he's the first manifestation of God uh, mentioned in Scripture, not only in creation, but think about your life. He's the manifestation of God in your life. Uh, he's the one who comes first to convict us of sin. He is the one who comes first and brings us to the Lord. He's, he's the one who gives us the faith to believe and the faith to receive. He's the one who cleanses us. He's the one who makes the blood real in our lives, the blood of Jesus. He's the one who gives us the assurance of salvation. So it's the Holy Spirit who is the first manifestation of salvation in our lives. Because without the Holy Spirit, we would not know how to come to the Lord. So it's the Holy Spirit who convicts the sinner of sin. That's number one. Then he is the one who brings that sinner to the cross and begins the work of regeneration, the new birth. And then he sanctifies and sets apart that individual for life eternally, and so on. So think about where would we be without the working of the Holy Spirit. He is the first manifestation of God, not only in creation, but in our lives. I think about Adam. When God created Adam, whom did Adam meet first? Did Adam meet the Father first? Did Adam see Jesus first? Because it says, by him, by the Lord Jesus, all things were made. So it was the Father who said, let us make man. It was the Lord Jesus who actually did it. But who did Adam meet first? He met the Holy Ghost. How? Because the breath of God was flowing through him when he opened his, his eyes. Remember that? It says the breath of God, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And now he became, he becomes a living, a living soul. The moment he wakes up, the, the second he's created, all around him, he, he's, he's feeling and sensing that blessed wind of the Holy Spirit rushing through his being, you know. Awesome, isn't it? So the church was born, the church was born when that wind came into the upper room. When that fire showed up on the 120, that's when the church was born. So the, the church, think about the apostles, the, the first manifestation of power that brought change in their life was the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when Jesus walked with them on the earth, they, they only knew him uh, where they could see him, they could touch him. Uh, they can listen to him, walk with him, but he was not in them yet to change them. So we, we see no change in the apostles till after the Holy Spirit came. Even though the Lord used his influence, his teachings, and so much more, but the change was not seen till after the day of Pentecost. So before Pentecost, they were in the upper room hiding from the Jews fearing what would happen to them. But when the Holy Spirit came, they came out of the upper room and declared the gospel with power. And that's why the Lord said to them, wait till you be endued with power. 
don't leave Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes. Because he knew that they needed the power to show his glory. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus would not have been glorified. So again, how precious that God would give us the, the Holy Spirit. Now, the word, God's word, you know, when, when you think about uh, who gave you the word of God, well, let's look at Psalm 33. How did, how did the word of God can come into your heart? Uh, in Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts, all the hosts of them, by the breath of his mouth. How amazing. Uh, you could not hear my voice today on this broadcast without my breath behind it. It is my breath that allows you to hear my voice. Or otherwise you would have to read my lips, right? So think about the importance of the breath carrying the voice to your ears and then to your heart. So the breath of God carries his word to our heart. It is the breath that carries the voice. It is the breath that carries the word. The word would, without the breath would not reach us. Hallelujah, Lord, blessed be your name. The word without the breath would not reach us. It is the breath that reaches us. And then the word comes into our hearts. So we need the Holy Spirit uh, desperately. Uh, not only for life, for faith and living, but also that we might receive the Word of God. You know, a lot of people read the Bible, but they, they're not changed. They're not able to receive the Word. It says, uh, Psalm 104, 30, Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created. Thou renewest the face of the earth. The word spirit is breath. So, Lord, you, you send forth your breath, and there is creation. You send your breath, and there's renewal. So if you want God to renew you, it's his spirit that will renew you. It's his breath that renews. It's life, you know, it's life. And the Holy Spirit, I love what Isaiah says about him in Isaiah 40. You know, I... I'm teaching this, you know, this today again, and I'm going to continue tomorrow, to just remind you of the importance of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. Yeah. So you look at, at Isaiah 40, verse 12. It says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven or measured heaven that's what the word means with the span or with a cubits a span like a measuring tape and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him with whom took he counsel, who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment or justice, and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, 
and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the owls as a very little thing. Amazing. So here we see the Holy Spirit, who is God Almighty. Let's not forget he is God the Holy Spirit. He is God the Holy Spirit. We see him as God Almighty, and here we see him uh, measuring the heavens. Uh, comprehends the dust, weighs the mountains in scales. Amazing, Lord. Full of knowledge, judgment, full of understanding. So the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is the mighty power of God. He's God's omnipotence. He's God's knowledge. He's God's presence. So when we think about the Holy Spirit, we know that he is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He's omnipresent. His presence is everywhere. Without the Holy Spirit, you and I could not see change in our lives because only the power of God changes us into the image of Jesus. Number two, we would not know the Lord. We would know, not know Jesus. We would not know his heart. And thirdly, we would not know his presence. I mean, what would the Christian life be like if the presence of Jesus wasn't in us? And I've said that many times, you know, you know, you ask the question, like, what if the Lord did not go to heaven and stayed in Jerusalem? He'd still be alive in Jerusalem, and you and I would have to fly to Jerusalem and make an appointment to see him. And we would only have a few seconds in his presence. That's why he said, it's better for you that I go away. Then the Holy Spirit would come, and his presence would be in all our hearts. So Jesus is in you forever through the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go anywhere to find him. He found you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he is the one. The Holy Spirit is the one that keeps us alive in this Christian life and alive in the faith. And I want to just say one more thing. Uh, to embrace him, is to embrace God himself. So he is God Almighty. Now I'm going to continue tomorrow because I want to talk about his work. You know, and I'm going to show you details about his work in your life. It's so precious, you know. But let's also understand what Ezekiel, just, just, just before I go, Ezekiel 36 says to us and verse 27. Oh, this is so precious, so precious, so precious. In verse 27 we read, And I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes, and you, you will keep my judgments and do them. Without the Holy Spirit, you and I would not be able to obey the Lord. Think about that. There, there would be nothing in us that would enable us to obey the Lord. So he said, I will put, the Lord said, I will put my spirit within you. 
I will cause you, I will cause you to walk in my word or statutes, and you will keep my judgments, and you will do my judgments, my word, because the Holy Spirit will do that through you, in and through you. Think about the importance, think about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he's the one, like I said earlier, who also washes us. You know, we, 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 we have to understand something. You know, I can say, Lord, wash me with your blood. But who's the one who's really doing the washing? Is it me? Is it my prayer? No, it's the Holy Spirit. It says in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but, but according to his mercies, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Wow. So it's the Holy Spirit who does the cleansing in our lives. So when you and I confess our sin to the Lord, it's the Holy Spirit who comes. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 2, we see this again. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto, unto obedience, watch this, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So who is the one who applies the blood on us? The Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? So I can say, I apply the blood, or I, Lord, cleanse me with your blood. But who does the cleansing? We just read it in Titus and 1 Peter. The Holy Spirit is the one who washes us and applies the blood on our lives. How we need him daily to walk with us. Lord, I pray that you make yourself real by your Holy Spirit to everyone listening and everyone watching. I pray your grace, I pray your love will surround them as a blanket. I pray your presence will surround them as a blanket. Let your wonderful presence now, Lord, descend upon every one of them. Arise in each one of them, in their hearts, even now, in Jesus' holy name. Bless them, Lord, today, as they acknowledge your sweet presence, in the name of Jesus. Blessed Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us, never leaving our lives, filling us with your love, keeping us close to Jesus, for his glorious name's sake. Amen, amen, amen. Well, join me tomorrow. I'm going to continue. A lot more to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's a blessed truth that I want you to just capture. You know, I've taught on the Holy Spirit nearly the entire time I've been ministering for the last almost 48 years. But the more I walk with the Lord, the more I see His importance in my own life. How I need Him even now more than I needed Him, more than I needed Him when I began. So, 
Welcome Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, it's time to give to the Lord's work <clears throat> so God can bless you. You know, giving is not a matter of luck, you know. It's a matter of, of obedience. I mean, when we give to the Lord, He begins to bless us. Let me, let me read you just a few promises real quickly before I let you go. Uh, Psalm 37, for example, and verse 18, it says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, their, in, their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they will be what? Satisfied. So God Almighty has promised to take care of us. But what do we do? We have to give. Uh, Job 36, 11, if they serve him, if they obey him, they'll spend their days in prosperity. And we see from Proverbs 11, just stay with me for just a few more moments, please, because this will really bless you and lift your faith. In Proverbs 11 and verse 24, the Bible makes it very clear, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. So release is the key to increase. There is that scatters and yet increaseth. And there is that which withholds more than is meat. And that word meat, by the way, means right. He's, he's holding, keeping more than is right. But it tends or leads to poverty. So withholding leads to poverty and release leads to prosperity. When you let that seed go, it leads to prosperity. If you keep it, it leads to poverty. And the worst thing something people do when they're in trouble financially is when they just stop giving when they have a difficulty and they stop giving. Giving is the key to prosperity. Giving is what brings release. Lord, bless them. Meet every need in their land. Amen. All right? Go ahead and sow your seed right now on the platform you're watching me on right now. Or if not, just go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text it, BHM 4577. Seven. And I'll see you tomorrow another blessed teaching. Much love and thank you for loving and thank you for giving.